It's one of many modalities to get to those higher states of consciousness. Um, I just yeah. happen to love this one. And particularly because all you have to do is look at it. That's mm -hmm. part of the advancedness of them. You know, they work in our systems. Like, think about it. They gave us one of the most gentle interventions possible. Let's put some patterns in the wheat. You can decide what they mean for yourselves. We're not going to state they mean anything. They are non-dogmatic. They are geometry. They are the universal language of math. Do what you will. What have we done? <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so you got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fat, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to present another show for you today. Well, if you look behind me, you might have a bit of a clue of what we're going to talk about today on the show. We're going to talk about, well, lots of things, but crop circles and what do they mean with the beautiful Nadi Hana. Welcome to the show, Nadi. Ah, oh, thank you, Karen. It's so wonderful to be here. I'm so excited for whatever we're going to talk about. <laughs> it's so strange because I had Jenna Layden on the show this year from Star Family Wisdom. And after we finished the recording, Jenna had said to me, have you ever had anyone talk about crop circles on your show? And I said, well, I have, but not a whole show. So she said, let me introduce you to someone who can talk all about the crop circles. And she said, put Nadi on the show. And then days after that, Sheila said, can you do this cosmic conversation with me? The guest is Nadi. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, synchronicity, synchronicity. But, you know, yeah. that was weeks ago. So we had a conversation on cosmic conversations for the Conscious Awakening Network with Nadi. And Nadi did a PowerPoint presentation. So Maybe we're going to go over some of the things that we talked about there and hopefully we'll go somewhere else today. But let me read to you a little bit about Nadi if you haven't met Nadi before and what she's on about. So Nadi achieved her master's degree as a licensed clinical social worker and worked as a psychotherapist in the mental health profession for over 10 years. Then she became a certified Visanya, how am I saying this? Yeah, how do you say that? Um, vinyasa, vinyasa yoga, yoga teacher, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> meditation teacher, and Reiki master in the Yushi tradition. And in 2010, Nadi churned her attention to, to developing her abilities as an artist and teacher, incorporating unified physics cosmology and sacred geometry in her artwork and for those people watching on video platforms you can see some of her art behind her we were just talking about it it's absolutely <laughs> stunning it sort of like speaks to me that piece of artwork she began teaching the fundamental principles of unified consciousness studying the esoteric elements of awakening consciousness a certified death doula god you've done it all darling spent things. <laughs> several years training in the shamanic teachings of the north american first nation no i'm not gonna i'm gonna butcher this as well a wobi tribe a joby no how do you say that the ojibwe the mm -hmm. ojibwe tribe mm -hmm. that he draws on many years experiences and cultivated 
intuitive wisdom, orientating her professional work towards spiritual and energetic transformation. The universal language of sacred geometry compels her to the next phase of her consciousness activation, working with the crop circle phenomena. The advanced technology initiated a galactic consciousness in Nadi. And today she's an inspiring instructor, presenter, energy healer, animal communicator, and artist. Her professional and spiritual practices are dedicated to the expansion of our multi-dimensional consciousness. Don't you love that? And your website is called galacticrosegeometry.com. And on your website, you've got this video clip from the matrix it's like just this tiny little video clip keep breathing Mm -hmm. even though there's no air do you want to tell us like what's going on there well yes I haven't ever um started with that but that's so great you know it's a it's a matrix reference and it's uh Morpheus and Neo and they are um sparring in the construct of the um kung fu training right and so that's really where um, Neo is first starting to understand that it's all a construct and that it's all a matrix. And so it's a reference to that. And and if you go into the idea of a matrix, right, and the and a and a program, then where does that leave us, right? What is what's the existential standpoint? And so as you're figuring that out, like keep breathing, even if it's you know a simulation matrix right keep going and it's kind of like that (laughs) it's a lot of things yes I was gonna say yes exactly keep keep going even though it's simulated matrix um Mm -hmm. it is a a simulated matrix it's a pretty beautiful simulated matrix and we can make of it what we will we can live in hell or we can live in heaven depending on how we navigate the matrix I suppose but Mm -hmm. uh let's get into the crop circles and we could go to so many places actually with your with mental health so you worked as in mental health for years are you still working in that arena with the crop circles like are they merging those two um wow that's a fun thought you know just to go back really quick which the answer is um inclusive of the introduction right just listening to your life you know listening to the review is always so powerful and the one thing i will add is that you know that i've come to realize is that every single pursuit that i've had really has to do with like i said at the end multidimensional activation right and also um transitioning you know from a 3d carbon-based you know dimension to a crystalline 5d reality right it's all it's all the same thing you know and so i like to summarize that all of the um, traditions all of the teachings all of the practices that i've trained in they are for the purpose of our evolution and our consciousness expansion so so kind of the crop circles inform uh i won't say mental health or therapeutic approach they're woven into my worldview now. And so I I don't sit in a traditional formal um, psychotherapeutic setting at all anymore. I graduated from the mental health field. I can't move in a pathologic, pathologizing, medicating, redactive type of setting. So crop circles, the the galactic consciousness of crop circles, like the larger picture beyond the earth realm, 
that weaves its way into when I sit with people into when I'm doing sessions or um, lots of different uh, opportunities. <laughs> so yes and no. So I suppose that your clients today are not people that would, that are going through mental health that would be in those sort of facilities. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're probably more people awakening and feeling like they're going mad because they're having kundalini awakenings and, yes. and spiritual things. So, but they're usually kind of tapped into something's going on. I know, but I need a bit of clarification. They're not like, oh, I think I'm going crazy. Maybe yeah, they are. Are, are you still death doula? Are you still being a death doula? And I, explain to people what a death doula is. Well, yes, a death doula is is some like a birth doula. It's someone who uh, assists in the transition out of this world, out of this incarnation. And I'm fascinated by transitions. I'm just organically drawn to whether it's on a micro level with our own individual um, transformation or on a macro level with our you know, human civilization consciousness um, expansion and hopefully, of, you know, evolution and elevation. Um, but the the death doula, you know, the doula in general is is the um, not a way shower, but the support through the transition. And so, death doula, I've always been drawn to the transitions, right? Like when I worked on an inpatient psych unit, that's acute transition. People have either tried to end their life or are thinking about it, and the transition from this world to another. Um, and yes. So many of the people that I worked with were probably in the middle of a Kundalini awakening or some type of shamanic activation. And I didn't know that at the time. And I think back about how I participated in that system. And I know that I showed up with presence and reverence and respect for everyone who came in through those doors. But that's part of why I had to go is because I'm I can't see things in that from that perspective anymore. So I actually, as a transition specialist, I walk around passionate about changing the languaging of transition because so many of us have been uh, taught to say that we're crazy. We feel like we're going crazy. All of this is crazy. And if you substitute the word extraordinary, in most cases, nine out of 10 times, it'll fit. And it's an up level for our experience because any we're referring to things as crazy as extra extraterrestrial contact you know um paranormal phenomenon dream states near-death experiences anything that is non-consensus reality we call crazy really we're just tapping into what's extraordinary and kind of next level consciousness that's been you know well suppressed so that's one of my passions you did teach me that during the cosmic conversation. And it is something that I have to establish in my thinking because I haven't yet established it. Instead of say, saying we are woo-woo or we're going crazy, say we are extraordinary. <laughs> we are It feels so different. It mm -hmm. feels so different. And it's so what I'm passionate about. As you're speaking, a transition specialist, I'm loving that because I feel like you've just described to me. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I like, I feel like I'm a renovation specialist, like transitioning Ooh, like from that. the old to the new. Cause I used to work as, I used to have a shop and do interior design. So taking something old and renovating it to transform it into something new, something better, something shining, something like, and so now I'm doing that with people's minds. And, you know, I was mm -hmm. working as a naturopath. So I was doing that with people's bodies, like 
the home, the body, the mind, yeah, transitioning into a new state, a new consciousness, a new new and improved, <laughs> new and yeah. improved. Upgraded yeah. operating system. I Upgraded love that renovation. Operating yeah. system, renovating, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Renovating your subconscious belief systems from limitedness to unlimitedness to multidimensional. Yeah, we are extraordinary. That's what everyone has to say when people say, oh, that woo-woo stuff, you've got to shift your thinking and say, not woo-woo, extraordinary. I love that. It just feels so different because instead of like marginalizing ourselves and judging, it's like, no, I'm on the cutting edge. Like I know what's going on and it's so yummy. And I, the transition specialist, I love uh, renovation specialists as well, but (laughs) that came from, uh, I moved in a normal world, a normal, I moved in mental health. I had a career yeah. and a profession and an income and health insurance. That was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I left that world. And then I was identity less. And I was at a family gathering, you know, my family trying to explain what I'm doing, bless their hearts. <laughs> and I was just dropped into a situation of, you know, lawyers and doctors, very, you know, successfully, status quo professions and of course the question of well, what do you do came up and just instantly out of my mouth it was like I'm a transition specialist Love it. and it sounds like something because it is and yet it's both worlds and it's an interesting conversation starter so exactly. lots of different transitions yeah exactly you're right it's both worlds exactly when people say who are you what do you do I say I'm a teacher of deliberate creation which is something that I sort of dumbed down so to like that that world could understand and still people go you're what but transition specialist is something that the 3d mind can wrap its head around Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so let's let's talk about you getting into the crop circles how did I want to write down what you just said though but I don't have a pen okay anyway I'll revisit it yes it's on the recording (laughs) okay how did you get into the crop circus like like how did they introduce themselves to you so you you were working in mental health and then doing meditation and death dueling like how did they come into your consciousness it just makes me smile to think about it uh so I I took that it was a total leap of faith from mental health and I was in the abyss of infinite potential it was so anxiety producing and I found sacred geometry and that just anchored me the structures, the patterns, they're predictable, they're just uh, comforting. And so I just, I was drawing, I was obsessed, I was working with them. And then of course, somewhere along the lines, I saw a crop circle and they're so geometrically, um, they're harmonic, right? And they're, they're based in geometry, the genuine ones are. And so it was kind of a natural progression from 3D sacred geometry to um, the otherworldly dimension, you know, geometry. And then of course you want to know the circle makers, you know, you want to go into that phenomenon. And so when I made that leap of faith, um, I was on the East coast and I had no idea about festival culture, right. And the West coast, like progressive music gatherings and all of the um, consciousness that was happening. And so I just happened into a, uh, a festival and there was a booth, there was a merchandise booth, and the guy was selling crop circle pendants, like, you know, the wood etched crop circle pendants. And his whole shtick was that every crop circle in the summer has a date, right? And everybody wants their birth date. And so it was just like this little thing. And I found the booth and I couldn't leave. Like I was there for hours. I went back the next day and the guy was like, listen, I don't usually do this, but 
would you like to come vend with me at the next show? And he's like, he was so uncomfortable with it. It wasn't a come on. It was not a thing he did. And so I, I, it was right. So I went with him that had been in like a hippie festival. And then we went into the middle of San Jose, California, into some convention center of a woman's conference where we were like sandwiched between Maybelline and, like, and some fashion, you know, situation. And it was so awkward, but it gave me enough time for the crop circles to anchor in my system. And then, so that happened. And then I totally forgot about it until seven years later. So there was this massive activation. I'm getting the, you know, all the body confirmation. And then seven years later, I saw one and it was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like absolutely Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters of the Third Kinds, mashed potatoes. I fully immersed. I surrounded myself <laughs> with them. I made montages. I started teaching about them. I had an art show. I, it was, I was obsessed because the activation was happening. Cause that's all yeah. you have to do is look at them and work with them. Yeah. And it's starting to turn us on, turn our systems on, which is what I'm really passionate about. The crop circles are one avenue. I love yeah. that. Mesh potatoes. I did, a, <laughs> I did a drawing of uh, Sananda. I call it Sananda, which is like the higher self of the Christ consciousness, whatever. Anyway, and I was copying it from the Shroud of Turin. And I was trying to explain to somebody what was happening when I was drawing it because I said I was like obsessed. And they said, oh, like the guy with the mashed potatoes in Close Encounters. I remember somebody said this to me and I said, yeah, it was like yeah. potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and I watched it recently. Like it's so perfect because he has a contact experience that something, you know, ephemeral is activated. And then we're just left to flounder and try to figure it out in the 3D. And he's like, he can't get it. He can't get it, but he's obsessed. And it's just yeah. like the it's how, you know, it's disclosure through the media. <laughs> yeah. Mashed potatoes. Oh, I'm so I'm so like that. Okay. Have you been to a crop circle? Have you sat in one? I have. I went this past year. Yeah. What I had to. Well, I'm I'm a little confused at this point. I went and I feel like I'm more in the mystery than ever, you know, because I don't feel like I need empirical data. I have had such profound experiences with the non-local technology of them. Like I've been turned on my body has changed. I've had spontaneous healings, the light language, like I don't need proof. I thought, but when I went to England, I would have loved some proof and I didn't get it. You know, I didn't see any of the, the blown nodes, how you can tell if the, you know, what kind of technology has made a crop circle, whether it's man-made, you know, yeah. you know, the crops being put down or with the nodes, the blown nodes of the, of the wheat or whatever crop you can see that it's been heated up, whether it's microwave or plasma or some kind of frequency technology. I would have loved to have seen that. And I didn't. What I did experience was a bliss state like I've only had once or twice in my life. And I can't figure out if that was organic to me having sat in a crop circle that was just made the day before or if there was a frequency that was collectively created of bliss anchored in that crop circle and I have it I can show you which one but like I I you know I that was the experience I had and I can't differentiate I can't say oh I walked into the circle and this happened like I walked into the circle and I had the contact experience with the Syrians you know? <laughs> and I was kind of looking for that but I just had um, profound states of resonance that I believe are um 
collectively created that are um, it, that they get integrated over time. You know, it's not like you feel something immediately. It's like that. You know, slowly we get the the activations. Well, Does that answer the question? I don't know. Yes. That's I, what happened. I'm, I'm going to challenge you on this. You said I can't figure it out whether no. you know I had an activation in the crop circle or if it was just something else. I think you can figure it out. I think you do know, but your your mind is getting in the way. But what's the gut? The first gut feeling when you think about the bliss state that you experienced in the crop circle? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about it? Yeah, it's my heart just pops open, you know, which is how we communicate, you know, through love, through telepathy. And I agree with you. I know exactly what you're saying. And yes, yes, activation, definitely. And yes, my brain would have loved to be, I would have loved to be backed up in my belief structure that they activate us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole point of the crop circles is a higher civilization bringing us messages like okay so in the conscious conversation cosmic conversation we discussed how contact the movie contact with jodie foster is your favorite movie and i was totally geeking out on it this morning before we talked i was like watching video (laughs) clips of it and i want you to play that video clip but i'm sitting here thinking about you and thinking you are that character in the movie like what's her name what's the name jodie foster yeah Yeah, but what's in the movie um Ellie. Ellie. You're Ellie. You're definitely Ellie. I think there's that's part of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, down to like the patriarchy taking over her creativity and the funding for it. <laughs> totally. It's my story. <laughs> yeah. You even look a bit like the Jodie Foster actress. So Carl Sagan wrote the book that the movie was made from. And mm. I was watching this morning that he was very involved in the making of the movie. And part of the message in the movie, apart from our connecting to our galactic family was that marrying of science and spirituality they had some guy who's like a religious dude so a religious guy rather than a spiritually conscious guy but Carl Sagan was a bit of an agnostic he was really into the science wasn't he but but that movie was like marrying those do you want to talk about that sure Carl Sagan, he was one of the pioneers of the SETI program, right? The search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a big crush on Carl Sagan for a while. He's just like kind of the geekiest scientist. Um, Yeah, kind of nerdy that way. And I'm extraordinary that way. And so the movie was made uh, basically, if people don't know, documenting first contact from the SETI program and that um, the science was looking for um, uh, the radio waves, right? The radio signals through the um, Arecibo huge dish, you know, the radio dishes. And it's the passion of the main character of Jody. She's listening. She's listening. They're not getting anything. She's considered crazy, right? She's looking for little green men and, you know, for signals from space. And at the last minute, um, finally, there is um, audio communication, and the the satellites are picking them up. And then they, you know, they start to use the technology, and they find out that in the um, audio frequencies are codes. And so they start to build the um, the the codex, the blueprints, and they discover that um, they are the blueprints for a, um, a a travel device, an interdimensional, inter, you know, interstellar travel device. And so, mm-hmm. um, and then all of the things about who gets to go on it and all of the exciting things about what she finds when she does that. 
So that's, I use the clip and I can show it because it is such an analogy for the crop circles. It's like, we know they're activating our DNA. We know they contain frequencies and lights and photons. And we know that people have contact experiences in them. We are not making that up, you know? So um, the parallels are uh, very um, affirming for me. So it's just, it's like a two minute clip or actually yeah. like a 30 second clip. So I'll show it. Um, but this is when um, they have found the codes, they've deciphered the codes and they're basically trying to present it to the government. And of course, when I mentioned the patriarchy and like the governmental, you know, the sort of 3D fear-based response to extraterrestrial intelligence, right? That everything's been suppressed. Um, you see that play out in this clip as well about like, you know, hey, awesome technology potential. And they're like, that could, we could be bringing in warfare anyway. <laughs> So I'll just show it really, it's really quick. Is the key to decoding it. Within the layering of the matrix, we have these basic equations. So with this very elementary foundation, they've given us a kind of general scientific vocabulary. We now have the symbols for true and false. This was the key, to put it simply, that allowed us to decipher their language for physics, geometry, chemistry. Next frame, Ellie. Yes, and when we uh, apply this to the rest of the message, we find this. Those look like engineering schematics, almost like blueprints. Yeah. Yes, um, it is our belief that the message contains instructions for building something, some kind of machine. A machine? That does what, Doctor? Well, we don't know. It might be some type of... Uh, advanced uh, communication device or it could be a, a teaching machine of some kind or uh, it might turn out to be some kind of a transport transport there's no proof of that <laughs> don't freak out yeah so and you know drumlet oh it's really a it's it's such a great movie i you're right it's it's a it's the very analogous for my passions as well but so yeah when I first saw the movie, and I want you to show the clip of the Foster Gamble, the, the Thrive thing. When I first saw the movie, the thing that struck me was how they've received this information on a, in a 2D you know, uh, way on paper. They're putting it on paper. And then the guy, the millionaire who's up in space, the billionaire, <laughs> he turns it into a 3D construct and they can decipher it when they turn it into a 3D construct. And I'm like, wow, you know, that really like this movie is 1996. That really yeah. struck me. And then Foster in 2010 brings out the Thrive movie and he does the same with the crop circles. He mm -hmm. he does the 3D construct. And I remember watching that going, oh, my God, this is the movie Contact being depicted in the Thrive movie. You know, like art is depicting real life and real life is depicting art. I loved it how it was all being married. But what I want to say about all this is, you know, bringing it back to I felt bliss inside the crop circle when I was watching the movie I was thinking they're making this so complicated when it's so simple to mm. communicate with extraterrestrial life or higher civilizations or the spirit or God or spirit guides or anyone in a different dimension we just literally have to shift our frequency out of fear and feeling bad to feeling good and that bliss state is where it's all at like when you're in that bliss state 
now you've reached a frequency that accesses the universe Mm -hmm. and like they're like the movie is depicting that they're giving us this information in a very 3d logical scientific way for us to access the universe but do you want to show the clip from thrive how they've sort of turned it into the 3d yeah i'll i'll do that i have it right here uh two things came to mind when you were talking i'll see if i can remember them the technology piece yes the bliss state um one thing about the movie in terms of complicating it is at the very end when they have the the technology built when they have it um designed and it's so cool it involves geometry and um and they're thinking of it as like the way we've thought of as space travel with like a rocket and they have to have all these precautions and this the travel device doesn't have a place to sit and so they put a chair in and the chair like it's it's just like it's causing so much distress and then the chair goes and it's so easy and she's just there you know in ways that we can't comprehend how easy it is you know we just have these blocks and we think it needs to be a certain way yeah um so I just agreeing with that, you know, that experience of, you know, love, higher dimensional consciousness, you know, those beautiful states, we don't need complexity. It is right here, you know, so I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> and there was another thought, but we'll watch Foster Gamble and then it'll come. Um, Foster. Yeah. What I really love is he creates these 3D images. So this is like a four minute segment about I can fast forward it to the crop circle part. Would you like to, should we do that or watch the, let's do that. That's usually what I do. Okay. Out of all of the evidence for the existence of UFOs, one extraordinary phenomenon continues to astonish and inspire me. The appearance throughout the world of so-called crop circles. These elaborate designs appear mysteriously swirled into crops of grain in such a way that the stalks are bent over, yet remain alive. More than 5,000 of these patterns have appeared in over 30 countries, most of them in England. The media has led many people, including me at first, to write these crop patterns off as hoaxes, the nighttime work of a few pranksters. Of course, there have been faked versions, But those made by human hands are crude compared to the vast majority of these elegant creations. Could hoaxers have created all 5,000 of these patterns? Could a few people with ropes and boards have created something as complex and beautiful as this one, made in the dead of night in a driving rain and leaving no footprints in the soil? The electromagnetic field over the area where the crop's been laid down to create the image is often electrostatically charged. Some of these areas are littered with strange magnetic particles. One of the most amazing crop designs is not a circle, but a rectangle that seems to be a direct response to a message sent out into space in 1974. The message was a radio signal depicting our planet's location in our solar system and Earth's people in hopes that it might be received and interpreted by an extraterrestrial intelligence. 27 years later, in 2001, 
This crop design appeared in England, along with what could be a self-portrait of the sender. This message matches the format of the NASA signal and describes a different solar system from ours, a picture of the sender, non-human DNA, and a microwave antenna they apparently used to communicate, rather than the radio antenna that we used. The antenna symbol had appeared a year earlier in exactly the same field, right next to a working radio wave antenna, like the one NASA used to send out the original signal. NASA continues to officially deny extraterrestrial contact of any kind. And yet, year after year, these spectacular creations appear. So what might these remarkable designs mean? Here are some two-dimensional versions that seem to be revealing the Taurus in 3D. the vector equilibrium. And the related pattern of 64 that we saw encoded in the arts of so many ancient cultures. When I saw the coherence between the crop circles and the ancient encodings, I thought regardless of whoever created them and wherever they're from, there must be an important purpose to these designs. They're so coherent. I've come to believe that the pattern of the torus and the vector equilibrium, especially in the form of the 64 tetrahedron crystal, is showing us how energy works in the universe so that we can learn to align with it. I believe that they're giving us a model for accessing energy in a clean, safe, and limitless way, and a new means of propulsion. What more important message could there be to get to us, and especially now, from their perspective, as we're beginning to extend our careless reach beyond our planet? That was 13 years ago. <sighs> it makes me cry every time I see that. <laughs> I know, me too. That's powerful. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So in the movie Contact, that's what they were saying, that the higher intelligence were giving you blueprints for creating a machine 
for time travel, for, well, for many things. I mean, us humans just have to work it out. And then Foster's uh, saying the same thing, you know, that we've been given all this information. (laughs) There it is. It's like as plain as the nuts on your face. You can't miss it. And yet the mainstream narrative would be, oh, it's all fake. People are just, you know, like they've debunked it. Do you want to talk about why do you think people have debunked it? Well, it's it's interesting because the disinformation campaign feels like a backwards confirmation of how important it is, right? Because they've worked so hard to convince us that it's not, that that means it really is something legitimate, you know? And um, so much is involved in the the formations, you know, in terms of um, our own light body activation, Mm -hmm. you know, so blueprints for larger technology. Yes. Um, there are a lot of passionate crappies over the years that have actually taken the 2D and made them into 3D. And many of them actually create um, craft and, you know, starships right. <laughs> and the ability to, you know, what the, the blueprint for the design pattern for um, travel yeah. and trying to elevate us. And, you know, when you see the the Arecibo, those two, you know, what SETI sent out into space and then the response and then the satellite, so many of them, just feels so obvious. It just feels painful that we've not gotten it, you know, and there was one, um, Michael, um, there was one of the, you know, the originals, um, he, and he used to say that there were two phenomena with the crop circles. One is that they exist. And the other is that we don't get it. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And, and, you know, um, there, there are, there are man-made ones. The government is definitely involved, involved. When I went over to England, I had no idea the degree to which military bases occupy that country. And right. like, there's over 82 bases. They are covert operations. They are over it. They involve all the, you know, world's countries. And, um, if I'm going to believe that, um, advanced civilizations have the technology to make those. And I believe that um, our government at least has um, exchanged information. I'll put it that way. Then, you know, I have to admit that there are technologies that can make some of the more sophisticated ones, right? Mm -hmm. There's some, Foster gives a very rudimentary and crude um, example, but there are some very uh, complex ones um, that have been proven to be man-made and then um uh conversely the the large um catherine's wheel the one with the the huge 409 circles they they try to recreate like uh, a very small segment of that mm-hmm. with the mathematical precision and it took them four days but so like there's you know yes we have some abilities but um you know the majority of them being information that can activate our DNA, very advanced technologies encoded in these things. So yeah, there's been a big effort to, to cover it up like anything that the whole campaigns to cover up our contact and our, you know, relationship to the larger galactic community. It's just kind of confirmation, you know, tragic. (laughs) (laughs) We are in 2023, almost 2024. Things yeah. are shifting. Uh, I think that in the movie says NASA's denying this, denying that, but 
not anymore. Things are changing. It's taken, like, as you say, that movie was made 13 years ago and, and contact was made, I don't know, 26, 27 years ago. But mm-hmm. it's been a slow journey <laughs> towards transformation. But this technology that they've been giving us in such an obvious way in the crops, uh, it, it's like everything we've spoken about today is married. Like you said, you were working with mental health. So the the technology, the frequencies, the sacred geometry can help shift those limiting thought forms, the, the collective hypnosis of you know, um, Byron Katie calls it when you believe your stressful thoughts, you are insane. That insanity is like when we mm-hmm. believe who we are not, we are insane. And we can transition out of this way of being into a more expanded, multidimensional. So we have access to higher intelligence. We have access to different realms. And then the death doula, so that transition from one reality frequency into another, we can have access to people who are dead. You know, it's all there in the sacred geometry of the energetic body, which has been depicted like the Merkaba, which has been depicted in our wheat. It's so cool, isn't it? It's so cool. And I love, I love talking with you about it. I love talking about it with people who, you know, get it or are excited about it. And so it's one of many modalities to get to those higher states of consciousness. Um, I just happen to love this one. And particularly because all you have to do is look at it. That's Mm. part of the advancedness of them. You know, they work in our systems. Like think about it. They gave us one of the most gentle interventions possible. Let's put some patterns in the wheat. You can decide what they mean for yourselves. We're not going to state they mean anything. They are non-dogmatic. They are geometry. They are the universal language of math. Do what you will. What have we done? (laughs) You know, so... So, but it's all choice, right? We can choose to focus on, you know, choose to believe this, choose to believe that. It's always going to come down to the choice point. And uh, the other thing that I love doing, and this makes me sound, I think, really extraordinary, (laughs) (laughs) is, um, is I love to draw the crop circles. And I find people that want to draw them too, because when you're drawing them, it's just like drawing the sacred geometry. You are entraining your system to the harmonics Mm -hmm. and you are really diving into the activations, you know, and the thing of it is much like the bliss state, the integration is not obvious. It's just a slow and steady expansion in a very digestible way for me. I've needed slow and steady wins the race. I wouldn't be able to tolerate a huge contact experience so that they're so gentle. They're just an invitation. And the more you work with them, um, I think things got really interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, I discovered my participation, my, my aspects in the hybridization program. I mean, I, I, things have opened as a result of working with them that I can, you know, definitely pinpoint. And then also it's a subtle expansion. So. Well, let's go there. I want to know more okay. about that. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm learning more about you. So you, you, you kind of came from this 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 3D world, this sort of like science-based um, health world, mental health, and in that system, moving into meditation and then getting into Reiki and then getting into art and then crop circles and that, and now you're participating in the hybrid program? Whoa, what else is going on? I feel like we could talk for so long, though. It's so fun. So yeah, you can see it was just this evolutionary process and um 
working with the circles really um, amplified my telepathic communication abilities so that I was hearing messages from the formations. I was, you know, I had synchronicities, which was another form of communication. Um, I met an individual who just activated my system and uh, I devoted myself to developing, when I say system, I mean my multidimensional system, my sensory abilities, my ability to move interdimensionally and travel with guides and guardians um, and learned to connect with the other aspects of myself. I, you know, I, we all have aspects, I believe, um, existing simultaneously, you know, in different star systems, different transition specialists, helping different planetary evolution. And so I learned how to journey and go connect with the other aspects of myself. And it was so cool and so fun. Starships, whales. I just, I started learning so much more. And one of the things I'll just, I'll go right there. The, one of the things that was very, very uncomfortable is I would work with the crop circles. I have a huge montage and they would tell me that I was pregnant all the time. They would just, wow. I would just um, tell me, meaning I would just hear, it was very clear you're pregnant. And I don't know how to make sense of that, right? Like I don't have kids, didn't want to have kids and uh, feel pretty strongly about that. So you're telling me I'm pregnant and I have children. And so I started um, connecting with myself as a participant in the hybridization program and how I'm supporting um, the transition by supporting the star kids, the hybrids, you know, that I have an important role is that I can only speak generally about it because of my limitations and in going into new realms. I have yet to do that. So I don't have details. You know, I'm not like, um, there are so many, I mean, Sheila knows so many and there's, um, so many contactees that have details about the ships and their kids and 27 children. I know that's part of my reality. I just don't know the details. So just all sorts of things, you know, and, and people, you know, you start to meet the most amazing people that have their contact experiences. And in that process, we're talking about it more. We're bringing it more into everybody's awareness. We're talking on podcasts and, you know, like validating validating that that stuff is real and we're really extraordinary for knowing it, you know, full yeah. circle. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did I want to say that, but I've had so many thoughts go through my head as well. Um, <laughs> that it would seem if you're a transition specialist, it would seem obvious really if that you're lending your DNA to new forms of bodily structures because that's how we transition out of one experience into another we have to tweak mm -hmm. the DNA and so there's yeah. a whole gang group you know consortium of light beings and galactic beings who are a part of manipulating is not the right word like upgrading Influence. Influencing, 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 <laughs> influencing, but upgrading the human structure, the human mm -hmm. structure. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so you're involved in on many different layers in this. Have you ever had a regression? Have, have you been regressed about that? I have. You know, I worked with Barbara and Barbara. I worked with Geraldine, you know, all of the lovelies. And I didn't have, um, I didn't have like specific recall. You know, Jenna Layden had, uh, you know, some regressions where she, you know, uh, remembered herself and some of her past lives. And I, I don't have access to specifics. And I believe that if I did, I would be too overwhelmed in this realm. And so I have more of a clairsentience where I simply know things to be true. And I believe that um, 
down the line, I'll have more ability. I'll just keep working and, and, you know, uh, build those capacities to connect. Um, and of course, many environmental phenomenon like solar flares could come and help and bring those things online. So many different things could happen. Um, but I just have a knowing of how things can really be in terms of higher dimensional consciousness, which is what compels me. It's the thing where you can throw all the disinformation campaign that you will at me. And I simply know what's happening. <laughs> I know what these things are. I know that they are communication because it's frequency. I recognize the frequency of communication. That's how that's our systems as we go. Oh yes, that's real. You know, and that was part of the bliss state in that crop circles. Like I don't have details. I didn't get the data. I just know, I know in yeah. myself in those, you know, ancient parts. And so it's all building that knowing, you know, yeah. and we get the the reinforcement and all of that. So, yeah. In Thrive 2, Foster goes into, because uh, uh, when I met, I met Foster in 2012, he came down to Australia when he was promoting the Thrive 1 movie. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw at the end of the talk, I saw him cry and talk about how he didn't want to leave this earth until free energy was a thing like that. Mm. He felt, he felt very um, connected to the, you know, bringing that free energy into this world that has been depicted in crop circles. And mm -hmm. like we've been given the information and people have been making free energy devices for probably a hundred years. I think Tesla was doing it at the end yeah. of the uh, 19th century. And yeah. yeah. So um, do you think there are many people that have taken the information from the crop circles and have actually built devices that, yeah, do you know of any? Yes, there's like, I can't, I won't be able to recall their names, but there's a lot of different books out there of people that are just as passionate and they've taken the, they've received the information of how to use which parts of the crop circles. And, you know, I have all of those folks in different slides, uh, but many, many people have, built devices. I have no idea about the efficacy or if they've, you know, where they've taken them or how. Um, but I know that, um, you know, Foster's devotion, as well as, uh, you know, Nassim Haramein, they worked together and all of the new technologies and, you know, electromagnetic propulsion and gravitational field manipulation, it's all here. And it is like crop circles, scientists, you know, all of the, um, the funding that's necessary to make those things happen. I really, um, I'm excited about it. Um, I waver between excitement about that and despair about things, you know, as they seem, as they can seem. Um, but I, I think that it is, it is inspiring. I don't know specifically about technologies and devices that have been um, developed. But I want to say one thing about the regression piece, because I, I always do this. I tend to like generalize and say, oh, I, I don't really know things um, about past lives or about the other aspects of myself, but I do. And it wasn't in regression. It was in, um, I spent a year in meditation, developing my ability to go to those places. And so I do know uh, they're not, that's what it is. They're not past life regressions. They're simultaneous life happening right now. Yeah. So I know several different um, starships, several different systems. Um, I've been to various outposts where there's technology that's needed to be reactivated, like kind of dust off. 
if you don't know that Star Wars is the human history, look at it again, because literally the rebellion is alive, you know, and we are in the the fight for um, our civilization in a sense. One of the things that uh, I had Samuel Chong in the Cosmic Conversations actually and on the show and in our Inner Sanctum online group. So I've had him on a few times. He is somebody that is sharing the wisdom in the book, The Tayuba Prophecy, which was written by a French-Australian guy in the late 80s who was taken to a ninth category planet. The book was originally called Abduction to the Ninth Planet. And mm. uh, then the name changed to Tayuba Prophecy because they called their planet Tayuba, sort of spelt like Thai food. Mm-hmm. Like some people pronounce it as Thuh because it's got the TH, but I think it's like Thai, Tayuba. Anyway, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I never get the. But anyway, there is a technology that they have, which is called a Lashiliac, again, the pronunciation, which is a handheld device. Mm-hmm. that they can click and it creates a force field around them, an anti-gravitic force field, obviously kind of like using that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they can fly. So mm-hmm. they can navigate this force field by adjusting the controls in their hands, up, down, and that is one of the ways they navigate their planet. That's instead of a car, they've just got this little device that they hold in the hand and it's like, how cool is that? So cool. So cool. It's I mean, not even like you don't even have to get in some sort of, you know, machine. It's just a little thing you hold and you create a force field. And now right. you're flying. Like you could walk on water, fly over the ocean, you can go up again. Just like so yeah. cool. And I reckon cool. we've been given that technology. It's there. We ha- the we do. Yep. And we, we have our Merkaba. I mean, we have that. We don't even need a thing. We just, you know, if we knew right. how to access our light bodies, we could. You know. Well, they do, and they can levitate at will by mm-hmm. accessing their Merkaba. They are physically, you know, they're physical like us. They're not light beings. They're like mm-hmm. nine foot tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's gravi- the gravi- gravity on their planet is different. So yeah. obviously big, tall beings, um, they have a different gravity. But they mm. said that it's easier to use this device than it is to sort of focus the mind so that they can levitate it's kind of like oh, I bet. yeah that makes yeah. sense it takes yeah, sure. focus to, to levitate so they can levitate and they can yeah. move around like fly like superman but it, it takes mental focus whereas the little machine you can like you're in a car you can chat you can sing to the music you know you can chat you can do it <laughs> yeah the, i would that just seems great yeah <laughs> i wanted to show you and now i can't get out of my system um I wanted to show you a crop circle of the um, Merkaba. All right, great. So let me do a little screen share so that I can show it. Like if we're speaking about Merkaba, but yes, the discipline to, I mean, we, we don't have that anymore. You know, we've just been so caught up, but um, the little clicky device with the technology, um, you know, I miss the technology. I know like when I learned to journey, you know, there are, there's little seats, right? This is nothing I have in my own framework of understanding. There are seats in the craft and they're like little, um, they're kind of shaped like little U's and they're, they're a metal that we don't really know. But when you sit in them, they interface with your biology and it's just yeah. thought transfer, yeah. right? And then I've been to um, cities, right? Where you have telepathic communication with the city. It's, yeah. it's no pun intended of the higher, um, but everything is so alive. I get a little sad about how dense it is here, uh, but let me show you, <laughs> I'm skipping around so fast. 
I want to show you because there's a really cool aspect to it. Um, this usually seals the deal on crop circles. So this was a crop circle in um, 2017, right? Just bold as it could be, three-dimensional star tetrahedron, right? And so if you have any doubts about how cool that is or who made it or, you know, what might be happening in there, there's a formation with many of the crop circles that are genuine that's called ghost formation. And what that means is that the geometry comes back in the fields the next year because the soil has been altered, not just the field. Mm. Yeah. Isn't wow. that cool? <laughs> I think it's almost prettier than a year later. So. I know the ghost formation is just so for people that are listening on audio, you have to come and check this out on the video platforms. Yeah. Yeah. It's, because mm -hmm. it with the ghost formation, it looks much more three D, doesn't it? Because mm -hmm. yeah. it's in black space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I just love it. I usually there's two things that usually really tip the scales for people in terms of believing. Um, uh, one of the ghost formations, and the other are the um, the lay of the crop and like the beautiful complexity that's in there. It's you know, and very compelling. Uh I've heard that the crops actually grow better in the field. It doesn't destroy the crop. Like the next year, there's even a better. So the energy mm -hmm. that's left in the field increases the crop and increases the health and the strength of the crop and nutrient yeah. density, propagation. Yeah, all of it. So I saw years ago a conversation between what is her name that is the classic crop circle lady? Oh, gosh, her name escapes me. It might have been her. Well, there's a bunch of them. Um, she uh, made some Pringle and she made some um, documentaries, and she's come out and she Patty Greer, Patty Greer, yeah. that's who mm -hmm. it is. And was it Patty yeah. Greer and Penny Kelly? I can't remember, but they were talking about who makes the crop circles. And Patty Greer decided that oh, it's eleven eleven here. Patty Greer said it's absolutely Mother Gaia. It's actually the, the Earth that makes it. And then somebody else is saying no, it's a higher, you know, consciousness that's coming down that's making it like a extraterrestrial or off-planet consciousness and so I asked the mob and I said who's making the cross circles my mob the guides and they said oh god well wouldn't you think that there'd be a relationship between the consciousness of Gaia because she's conscious and the people that are drawing on her if you go and have a tattoo this is what they said to me you have to have you know you give that person permission to tattoo your body so likewise mother Gaia gives them permission and she's yeah. working with them to make so they basically told me that both Gaia the consciousness of Gaia and the consciousness of the ex you know star nation families are combining to make this this happen it's it's like a a collective experience yeah it's definitely not an either or i mean it's right. there's teams there's the planet there's the collective consciousness of humans of how like you can right. literally in back in the day you could be like i'd like to see a star tetrahedron in this field tomorrow it would happen right and then it's also the consciousness of the crop the wheat it's a huge agreement you know and what I like to think, um, I, I had a realization at one point, which is that um, there's another aspect of me and probably everybody who's interested in the crop circles, there's an aspect of me that participates in the federation that is creating the crop circles that is signaling to all of us. So the aspect of me has made a crop circle that then I resonate with and I go to, and then that activates me to connecting with the aspect of me out there, if yes. that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Absolutely. how it makes sense to me. So they're we're listening. We're doing yeah. the best we can to listen. And, and as you say, it's the 
collective, it's the consciousness of man too, wanting the advancement, wanting the information. So the crop circles weren't happening when men were killing themselves a couple of hundred years ago in wars and so like they weren't happening then, right? So as we've evolved, we've sort of reached out and said, surely there's a better way. Can we clean up the pollution on our planet? Can we heal our bodies? Can we have a different propulsion system instead of petrol or rockets? And so we've been calling out and they've been answering. So it is this this relationship between all consciousness, the mother Gaia and the multidimensional realms and the consciousness of man asking. But as you say, there's another consciousness controlling the planet that says, no, we don't want this information out there. So mm-hmm. let's debunk it. So it's so interesting, isn't it? Yep. Yep. That's part of why it's so interesting to be having these conversations and just, you know, everything that you're talking about and all of the podcast all of the information that you help get out there is so awesome and i you know we're so dedicated to it because we know you know the potential we know um the phenomenon that's like you know we we know what's going on we're extraordinary (laughs) so we're extraordinary that's it we're Mm -hmm. extraordinary remember that we're extraordinary uh, yeah. What do you want to leave with people? How can people get involved with the crop circles or learn from them? Or how does this help people listening to this to know about the crop circles? Go and check them out, like listen to the downloads. If you're a scientific, mm-hmm. create the machines that they're, <laughs> they're the blueprints for. What do you want to say to people? If you're excited about them, just go towards them. If you have that organic excitement, you know, I just started looking at them. You can find them on Pinterest. You can start saving them onto your computer. You can make screensavers of them. You can print them up and have montages about them because it's just looking at them that is activating your psyche, right? And so um, I hold classes and um, gatherings to validate people's activations, to validate, to come together, to know you're not crazy, you know, to talk about, the powerful transformation that happens when you work with sacred geometry, when you draw it, when you work with the crop circles, when you start doing your light language and, and, you know, advanced civilization communication is real. So I, all of the, all of the, everything I host is designed. Basically I wrote up a post the other day, like, like it is all of the sessions are basically tactical strategic meetings for earth mission outposts, right? Like come together with your ground crew, get, you know, reinforcements and remember that we're on the right track and that we do know um, why we came here, you know? And so I do the classes on drawing sacred geometry. Like I have a two-part Metatron's class, Metatron series, where we draw Metatron, we go into the consciousness of Metatron and, you know, what that geometry holds I have crop circle drawing classes. I have whales and dolphins and their ability to communicate with us and activate our consciousness. And I have, you know, 10 week long drawing series, 10 week long crop circle series. You know, I'm just dedicated to it. So if you check out the website, um, I would love to, you know, connect with anybody, like reach out if you want support. I am a transition specialist. I am here to offer support in this transition. And, um, you know, we're doing really good work. So and the that's, website that's is galacticrosegeometry.com. Yeah, and I also have a YouTube channel where there's a ton of, you know, interviews and conversations with all sorts of fascinating people. Yourself, Barbara, Alan, Steinfeld, you know, sorry, Barbara Lamb, you know, Geraldine, 
Orozco. Just, I just love talking about it. And I'm so appreciative of you, of you, you know, having me on. Well, it's been beautiful to discuss this with you because it's just, you know, it's just so fabulous and obvious. And I wanted to say to you, you're in Sedona. So are there any crop circles in, you know, around you in the States? Because they, they do happen in Australia. Mm -hmm. uh, do they happen in the States? In They do. Yeah, yeah they do. Around, um, you around know, your area do you ever you know hear about them go out to them no not that I'm aware of you know we just hang out in the vortexes here but they are yeah. you know they are in the um there's about a dozen different states that have reported them over the years and they definitely happen all over the world but um no we're just we're just hanging out in vortexes here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't England. need formations the UK yeah. has been that the classic place for them, though, for some reason. I wonder why. I wonder why the UK. Oh, there's all sorts of reasons. I mean, it's like ley line convergence. It's the geology. It's the it's the activation point for the planet. There's that's a whole other conversation. So yes, they're con like ninety percent of them happen there, but they happen around the world, and all the details about them are just so fascinating. So yeah, um, yeah, I love talking about them. Beautiful. Dying one, it's just been a joy to reconnect with you again. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your transition specialist. I'm just loving that. Thanks. I know. Thanks for I talking love that. I know. Recon what was yours? Re what was the, it's not reconstruction. It's renovation. Renovation. I love that one as well. That's just great. It's really <laughs> been a pleasure as well for me too. I, it's lovely to see you again. It's lovely to have an excuse to talk and connect and um, activate. So thank you. Isn't Nadi great? She is just a wealth of information. I invited her to come and speak to us in the Inner Sanctum next year if you want to come and meet Nadi online and quiz her about all this stuff. She's just a wealth of information. As she was talking, uh, as I said, I was geeking out on Contact, like clips from the movie Contact this morning, and I was watching Jodie Foster back then doing an interview about the movie and um, and how she met Carl Sagan and, and playing the role of Ellie and how passionate she was and in intelligent and passionate and as she said mashed potato passionate and uh as i'm listening to nadi i'm thinking oh my god you're that sad that same energy that same character that was depicted in the movie contact that passion and uh yeah but i think you know we need that passion to get this information out there and to the broader the broader consciousness the collective consciousness so that um, this can become a reality in our lifetime because as Foster shows in his Thrive movies, there have been hundreds, probably thousands of scientists that have created machines that have either been wiped out or they've been bought out, but they've been suppressed. These machines have been suppressed. There are still hundreds of people creating free energy machines. So he asks the question, both he and Kimberly in the movie Thrive, you'll have to go check it out. They're both free on on um, video platforms now uh the second one wasn't free for quite some time came out a year or so ago a couple of years ago but it is free now if you want to watch it it's always good to you know donate to the effort that was put in is involved because it takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to make these types of movies but anyway that uh, kimberly and, and um, foster were talking about what would it mean to humanity to have free energy Imagine the world where energy is free all over the world and uh, it would make a huge difference in the poverty of this world because they're, the majority of the people on this planet are living in abject poverty, the majority of them. 
I mean, here in the West, we don't see it so much, but when you get to countries like China and India and countries in Asia and Africa, and there are so many people living in, and mostly it's because they can't afford any sort of energy. They they work in darkness and, yeah, it's it's amazing how having free energy in this planet to light up our houses, cooking, to propel our vehicles, how that would change this planet. It would fundamentally change this planet, just that one thing, just that one thing would change this world in so many ways that it would make it easier to live here. And then we can focus, like the rest of the world can focus on expanding their consciousness instead of striving to survive, to pay the bills, the electricity bills, the petrol, the whatever bill they're paying, yeah, to 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 live on this planet. So it's all been given, the information's been given to us. When I was driving out to the, a uh, couple of years ago, or was it last year, might have been last year, to the uh, desert uh, uh, into Bro- in last year, I was driving this petrol vehicle thinking, why am I in my 60s and I'm driving a petrol car? And I thought that when I was a kid, I'd be in a flying vehicle. Like, why haven't we got anti-gravitic propulsion that can propel our vehicles? I really thought when I was a kid that that would be the reality when I grew up. But when I grew up, meaning like when I was 20 or 30, not in my 60s, so here I am driving this petrol vehicle. It's taking me two days to get to my destination. So I'm talking to the galactics and saying, when is this going to happen and when will they stop suppressing this information? And they said, when you organize yourself and get together in groups and support this technology, because you can suppress one scientist, but you can't suppress, you know, the majority of humanity when we come together and say, this is something that we want. Yeah, the big corporations that make trillions of dollars out of oil and gas and, yeah, the way we create energy at the moment. You can't suppress everybody. So come together in your groups. That was the message that they gave me. Get together in your groups to get this information out to the world. Organize yourself. Organize yourself so that you can get this information out in groups en masse. And they showed me these machines being um, made to the public, but just not one website, but websites and groups all over the planet. Like right now it's available for us to buy these little these little machines that create a torus field that can create magnetic propulsion that you can put a little machine on your house and it just powers your house and it never runs out. You don't need to plug into a grid. And the same on your car, you can pop it into your car and it, you never need to plug in for electricity or gas or how cool would that be? Let's just convert all the cars, just pop this little machine in and and we're all flying. Oh, it's so cool. Anyway, hopefully that'll happen in my lifetime. Definitely thought it was going to happen when I was a kid. And now I'm thinking, God, is it ever going to happen? Hopefully it's going to happen in my lifetime. What do you think? What do you think? The crop circles, it's all there. All the technology has been given to us, all the information, energy, technology. Anyway, Nadia is fascinating. I can't wait to have another chat with her. And um, yeah, come and join us and, and quiz her as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of this, what you think about it and how you've uh, reacted to the sacred geometry that is depicted in the crop circles. Alrighty, last inner sanctum for the year, I've got a beautiful healer from uh, Sweden coming in, Sissel Carlson, 
who was a part of the group for many years and uh, now she's working as a healer and she's off doing her own thing so we're going to catch up with Cecil in the inner sanctum this December so come and meet Cecil who's going to stay up late to come and talk to us in the inner sanctum because she's in Sweden and uh, she goes into the Peruvian jungle and does a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies and she's had some amazing experiences so come and meet her and hear her fabulous stories and remember check out the book awakened by death if you haven't already and i will catch you next time thanks again for tuning in big love bye for now